In this episode, I'll discuss nose bands, what they're for, why I don't use them, and I'll give you enough information for you to make your own educated decision about using them or not in your practice. So here we go, episode 144, Nose Bands. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony. Because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. Before we get going, I just wanted to let you know I am on the road right now. So I am in a, a cute little hotel room, actually, in Texas, and uh, recording this on a, a microphone. It's my my good podcasting microphone, but I didn't bring the stand because it was big and heavy. <laughs> so I'm holding the microphone, and uh, I'm going to try really hard to be consistent and not wiggle it around because I do tend to gesture a bit when I'm talking, even when I'm talking all by myself in a... <laughs> A hotel room. So I'm going to do my best, but uh, you might notice the acoustics are slightly different in this room uh, or things might sound a little bit different, but don't worry. All is okay. Uh, we're just in a different location. So good for you if you picked up the difference. All right. So this is uh, an episode that I, I scrolled back and forth through my episodes a bunch of time going, really? Have I really not done a podcast about this subject? Uh, I get deja vu every time I do a podcast because I talk about all this stuff a lot. Anyway, uh, I have a blog um, called About Nosebands, and it's gotten so much interest. Uh, I really thought it deserved its own podcast episode. And uh, so it's going to be very similar to the blog. I'm sure I will insert some other things as we go along. Uh, but this is such an important topic and it's such a, um, I don't know, there's a lot of confusion around it. So I'm really happy to share this and do a podcast episode about it. So um, here we go. Uh, you know, there's, it's the sort of thing that comes up a lot in discussion, especially in dressage circles, where the discussion is about how tight or loose a nose band should be in order to create the best contact, yet be quote unquote, nice enough to the horse. And, you know, sometimes when things don't go well, it's very typical for the trainer or instructor's first impulse is to go and check the noseband and tighten it a few holes. And if there aren't any holes left, well, we'll go get a hole punch and we'll add some. And if it gets really tight, maybe you'll put a little pad under there so you can really get it tight. Now, when I started riding bitless and bridleless, it made me question every piece of equipment that I use. And so as a result, I no longer use nosebands. And I haven't used nosebands for a good 20 years at this point. Uh, for those of you who do compete in dressage in traditional dressage shows, yes, dressage competition, at least here in the United States, requires your bridle to have a noseband. But 
it doesn't require you to use one without thinking about why you're doing it. So a common question that I get when the subject comes up is, well, why don't I use a noseband? You know, these days, every dressage bridle and every sort of regular English bridle comes with a noseband. The standard dressage snaffle bridle comes actually with what's called a crank noseband and flash attachment. And the standard double bridle comes with a crank cavison. The easy, unconscious decision is to use a, no, a noseband. And so if someone doesn't think about nosebands at all, they're going to end up with a noseband on their horse because it came with the bridle. And a rider who takes one off their bridle might feel like they're doing something wrong and will probably get asked, why don't you use a noseband? I mean, I get asked that question a lot. I have a different question, which is, why do you use a noseband? You meaning whoever just asked me that question about why I don't. And uh, my mini fridge just started making some some noise and the neighbor's uh, AC unit just turned on. So I hope, you, <laughs> I hope you guys can't hear that in the background. Anyway, so let's look at why were nosebands invented, right? Horses weren't born with nosebands. At some point, someone decided, hey, I think we need to put this strap around the horse's nose. So there's two functional reasons for nosebands to be on bridles. One is uh, to control the horse's mouth from opening. And two is to attach a standing martingale or similar so you can control a horse's head from going too high. So right off the bat, I'm not personally interested in doing either of those things. So I'm not going to go into all the different types of nosebands, um, but there is there was an article in Practical Horseman that does describe all the different ways that you can shut a horse's mouth. And if you read that article, it will actually confirm the primary purpose of most nosebands is to close the horse's mouth. Um, I will put a link to that article in the show notes for this episode. So some people say a noseband stabilizes the bit, and those were air quotes in case you didn't hear me <laughs> making air quotes. There was air quotes around the word stabilizes. So they'll say a noseband stabilizes the bit. But then my question is, why would the bit be unstable without a noseband? So there's some questionable logic here. I often hear in dressage up through the highest levels and among judges that dressage is all about the quality of the contact. And I often hear that phrase when I bring up the topic of bitless dressage and bitless riding. So here's a question. If dressage is all about the quality of the contact, and that's the rationale why you can't, you know, why there shouldn't be bitless dressage, then my question is, how can you assess the quality of the contact when there's a noseband holding the mouth shut? Now, that's a real question. So if the specialty of dressage is about the quality of the contact, why is it normal? Why is it even allowed 
that a dressage rider can essentially hide how their horse feels about the contact. I mean, they don't, you know, let contestants on American Idol use auto-tune, right? (laughs) If we want to judge something, we have to see it to be able to judge it. And if you look in the rule book, there's even um, guidelines for judging that if the horse opens its mouth, points should be deducted. So it seems strange to me that if it's so important that the contact is such that the horse is not opening their mouth as a way of assessing the quality of dressage, but you're allowed to essentially tape the horse's mouth shut. I mean, why not use duct tape? That would probably be better than a little strap of leather. If you want to assess the contact, let's see what the horse thinks about the contact. So I do agree that dressage has become all about the contact, but not in a positive way. You know, dressage students, many of them out there, have been become so focused on getting their horses' heads in a certain position that they're forgetting what dressage is really about. You know, reading the dressage rule book is fascinating. There's not a dedicated section about contact. There are references to how soft and accepting the horse should be and how the horse should be as a rule slightly in front of the vertical vertical with a supple pole as the highest point of the neck with no resistance offered to the rider. Yeah, that's that's in the guidelines. I was going to say in the rule book, but they just changed the rule book and moved that over to the guideline section. So if dressage riders would stop you know, stopped thinking that it was, quote, all about the contact and instead focused on all the nice things described in the object of dressage, which is the nose in front of the vertical and a supple pole and the high, you know, the pole is the highest point of the neck and no resistance and, you know, development of the horse and a happy athlete through harmonious education and suppleness and looseness and flexibility and all those things. If they really focused on that, there might not be so many contact issues and therefore less of a need to shut the horse's mouth with a leather strap. So I wanted to um, share a passage from an article that was in Dressage Today magazine. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes also. It's nice that it emphasizes the importance of not over-tightening a nose band, (laughs) But unfortunately, it still holds the assumption that the horse still actually needs one. So let's shut the horse's mouth and just not too much. So here's a quote, one paragraph from the article. This is from Dressage Today. It says, a too loose noseband can interfere with the horse's ability to self-carry just as much as one that is too tight. This situation usually occurs unintentionally when a rider does not take into account that leather stretches with use. It's important to check the noseband and placement of the bit regularly to make adjustments as needed. If this is not taken care of, the rider will have difficulty creating and maintaining a steady connection. The horse's neck will become wobbly, both laterally and longitudinally, and he will easily discover how to avoid half halts by stiffening and raising his head and hollowing behind the withers. 
such unpredictability in the connection become can become a major cause of tension for the horse, making throughness impossible. If the rider is frustrated with the unsteady connection and, in an effort to obtain submission, becomes busier with the hands, a vicious cycle is created. End quote. Oh my gosh, there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack there. (laughs) Where do I begin? So first of all, the idea that a lack of a noseband prevents a horse from being able to have self-carriage is, in my opinion, just plain ridiculous. A horse is going to fall down (laughs) if they don't have a noseband. I mean, the, the, it's so deep, my friends, the illogic of that. I mean, now we see the problem inherent in the system, to quote Monty Python. <laughs> and if the leather on your noseband is stretching, it means that the horse is putting so much pressure against it, enough to stretch leather. And the article also says that the solution to your horse, you know, working so hard to stretch the leather that the solution is to tighten it up. Don't let that happen. It doesn't ask why is the horse wanting to open its mouth. If your riding style creates wobbly necks and increased evasion, making throughness impossible, to quote the article, there's something wrong with the riding style, not the fact that the noseband is too loose. So now, a little side note. This, what I'm talking about now, definitely makes the case for not using nosebands. And I also know that sometimes you know, listeners might take this information one step further than I intend. So I want to just put a little footnote here. Um, I feel like I need to mention not all horses with nosebands are being ridden poorly. Not all horses without nosebands are being ridden excellently. So a lot of times, you know, things like this are easy to latch on to. Oh, Karen said that nosebands are bad. (laughs) And, you know, I'm trying to make a logical case, you know, for my point of view, but don't have a knee-jerk reaction because I've seen this happen, that someone, you know, will have a horse and their bridle came with a noseband, so they put it on and it's adjusted loosely because they just think it's proper equipment because that's what it was sold like. And other riders observing will make a judgment about that person and their training. So I've seen this happen in clinics. I'll have students who show up and there's a noseband on their horse and I can hear the little whispers and, oh, aren't you going to do something about the noseband? And sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. If it's just decorative and it's not actually holding the mouth shut, the horse can still lick and chew and eat a cookie and his tongue can come out. I'm not necessarily going to immediately rip it off 
and, you know, have the the person feel self-conscious and bad. So let's all suspend judgment. And again, on the other case, you know, I've seen plenty of bad riding uh, from people who don't wear nose bands. So it's never about the equipment uh, in a bubble, (laughs) in isolation. Okay. And now back to the pod. (laughs) All right. So let's talk a little bit more about mouths and the fact that they move. And I think it's good to know that not all movement of a horse's mouth is an evasion. If we close the mouth to evasive opening, we're also closing it to the natural movements of a mouth for, like I mentioned, licking, chewing, yawning, relaxing the jaw. All of those movements are an important part of what horses do in order to, um, as, as part of their processing, as part of releasing tension, not to mention things like swallowing. When riding a horse who has a tendency to hold tension in the jaw, as many humans also do, there are actually, there's a specific rein technique that on purpose asks the horse to open his mouth for a moment which will directly cause him to release tension. Horses can keep their mouths shut and have it be out of tension. So sometimes moving and opening a mouth is a key to relaxation. Now, often you'll see um, dressage horses in particular with huge amounts of foamy saliva. And when the amount of foam accumulated is more than what is sort of a natural result of wet lips softly touching each other, there's a good chance that the horse is not swallowing. And decreased swallowing can often happen during athletic exertion, which is why, um, you know, runners and athletes, you'll often see them, you know, spinning. (laughs) The saliva gets a little bit more viscous. But during rest and recovery, and even during a short break, or even during a walk in the middle of a test, a relaxed horse will often, usually, lick away any excess foam, unless they're unable to move their mouths enough to do it. And you can um, find a blog about saliva and foamy mouths also, I will put the link to that <laughs> in the show notes. Hey everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. So now you've heard me rave about the video classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for May, June, and July, we are going to be doing extra monthly live Q&A calls, and anyone who's in the classroom gets to attend at no extra cost. We've never offered this before, so it's a pretty cool opportunity. So this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person, to get your questions answered, either about a particular video that you watched, or a challenge that you're having with your horse. Now the video classroom, I think, is always the best deal. 
and for May, June, and July, it is going to be amazing. So go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today. There's always a one week free trial to check it out. Again, dressagenaturally.net slash classroom. Okay, now back to the pod. If you try doing dressage without a noseband and your horse goes worse, that does not prove that using a noseband was the best way to progress your training. It could prove that your noseband was hiding a problem. And then when you took the noseband off, you just could see the problem. So if you take the noseband off and your horse starts gaping his mouth, going above the bit, completely losing (laughs) self-carriage. It means that he's been thinking about and trying to do that every day. You just couldn't see it. And now you have the opportunity to train and ride differently so that even without a noseband, he offers a quiet, soft, communicative mouth and an excellent quality contact which is what dressage is all about, (laughs) apparently. So if, if a horse feels the need to open his mouth while being ridden, closing it with a noseband does not usually change that. The cause of the horse wanting to open his mouth will still be there. Look closely at horses being ridden with tight nosebands. You can still tell the ones who are resistant in their mouths it actually can be quite obvious. And it's sad that this facial expression is actually seen as normal in many dressage circles. But as long as that mouth is strapped shut and the mouth doesn't open, well, then they can't get points off. It's kind of crazy. Now, what if the noseband is actually the cause of the horse wanting to open his mouth? After a horse is ridden with a tightened noseband, watch what happens when the bridle is taken off. Most of the time, the first thing he's going to do is open his mouth and move it around. And you can try this yourself. Take your thumb and forefingers of both hands and wrap them around the bridge of your nose and down around your jaw. And just kind of gently hold your hands there for a while. If you want, you can play with the amount of pressure. Try to simulate how much pressure you think might be on if it was a tightened noseband and just hold them there for a little while. Just keep them there. See if you can keep them there for about a minute. A minute's going to feel like a long time doing that. And then when you're ready, take your hands away. And when I do this with people and I'm watching them, the first thing that they do is open their mouths and move their jaw around. (laughs) And that was after holding this for like 30 seconds, if you even lasted that long. So there could be the case that that having a noseband on your horse, especially one that has a flash or a dropped or something that's adjusted tight enough to be restricting the amount of movement of the horse, that you might be causing your horse to wish and want him to open his own mouth. So 
here's another little asterisk side note. <laughs> side note, meet me on camera too. Uh, bitless bridles have a piece that goes around the nose. It's because some of sometimes I get that, well, you ride bitless and that has a nose band. <laughs> like, okay. But there it also explains the reason why I designed my bitless bridle the way I did, because a lot of bitless bridles are designed so that the nose piece has to be tight so it doesn't spin around and then the cheek pieces go in the horse's eyes. So I designed mine more in the shape of a halter so the noseband part could be loose so that even if it twists a little bit like if you accidentally have way too much pressure on one rein, um, it, the cheek pieces won't get in the horse's eyes. So um, the bitless bridles that I prefer are ones that um, can be adjusted with a loose noseband and they don't have any leverage or anything that tightens when you use the reins. So I'm consistent. All right, so let's look at the nutshell. My view on nosebands in a nutshell. If a horse feels the need or desire to open his mouth, I want to know. And I'll give him the room to do it. And this will allow me to see issues in training that then I can solve. Uh, if I'm training a horse with a past history of such big problems and established evasions of the bit that a noseband feels absolutely necessary, it's likely that the poor horse needs to go bitless <laughs> and get some real relief and healing and rebalancing and positive association with the reins and contact. Now, of course, there are anecdotal stories of how a noseband helped a particular horse go better. And I know there are some of you that are listening that use nosebands and you know how to use them well. And you might say, I use a noseband, but I keep it really loose. And then I'm wondering, well, then why use it at all? I mean, some people um, prefer the appearance of their horse's head with a big line through the middle. All right, you know, keep the noseband on and have it super loose. And then it's basically just decoration and one more piece of tack to clean, or maybe you just leave it like that because you don't feel like having to explain yourself <laughs> to everybody else going, why don't you use a noseband? It's like, okay. But, you know, and, and because not all horses are clean slates and we're not all perfect. Again, there are, I'm not going to be so dogmatic that I won't say, you know, maybe you've tried everything. And because of the history and all things considered, your horse simply goes better with a noseband adjusted politely based on what you're doing and your riding. And that's the best you can do right now. And that's fine, right? Because there's, I'm not going to be so righteous that if, if that kind of evidence was in front of me and I'm like, you know, listen, the horse is 24, this is how I ride. And based on everything, everything is just a lot more polite and happy and 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 harmonious with this politely adjusted piece of leather. Okay. <laughs> you know, but then the next horse you train, all this stuff that I'm talking about still applies. So the main thing here is that if you're currently using a noseband, it's important to know your reason and decide if you really like that reason. 
So I'm not here to judge you or criticize you, but ask yourself, why are you adding this piece of equipment to your horse's head? Just think about it. And perhaps you can look at nose bands in a new way and be even more conscious and more confident about what your horse needs to be his best for you and the equipment that you choose to help him. But we have to ask ourselves, you know, what are we doing? And do our actions support the dream that we're trying to achieve? At the end of the day, we have to check in with ourselves to see if we're on track and heading in the direction we want. So for me, my actions and equipment need to feel aligned with my principles and what feels good. I'm for sure not perfect, but I need to feel like I'm doing my best for my horse in as many areas as I can. I remember a dressage student who came to me after years of struggling in quote unquote normal dressage lessons. And she told me that she and her horse were really struggling with being quote on the bit and it affected everything they did. And after a few minutes of observing her in our first lesson, I walked up to her to chat about the contact and I asked how she wanted it to feel. And she described how she wanted the horse to have a soft mouth. And we talked about how softness came from contact based on self-carriage and that self-carriage came from being able to let go of the reins and still be in balance. And I asked for permission to loosen her horse's noseband because we were going to ride, you know, without contact for a moment. And she burst into tears. And through her crying, she said how it never felt right when her instructor tightened the noseband when things got difficult. She said it always felt like she was punishing her horse for her own mistakes. But she just saw everyone else doing it and thought that's the way it was supposed to, supposed to be. I let her know that it wasn't her fault and she was just trying to be a good student. And then I asked if it was okay if we took the noseband off completely. And she laughed and said, heck yeah. I think she used a stronger word than that. The other students watching actually applauded. And she just let out this sigh of relief. And I hung it on the fence. And that's when she happily began her journey for balance and communication and achieving the true object of dressage with her horse without a noseband. So I hope that this helps, and I hope it helps you just think about the noseband and any other piece of equipment you choose to put on your horse. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process.